Well, hi everybody, and welcome to um, another my favourite Ipswich Town Eleven. My name's Mike Bacon, and uh, well, this 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 series, this little series we've been putting together, has been so popular. It's it's been wonderful. But we had a little break over the last the last month or so. We were sun sunbathing, or or going off on holiday, or 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 even obviously catching up pre-season, and we're starting to watch the town play again. And uh, well, it's just been. That, well, we're back anyway. That's the main thing. I know many of you have enjoyed these uh, these series, and uh, well, yeah, I, I was actually I, I, people people speak with the strangest of places about this about this series. I was actually in the car wash. Would you believe the other week? And before I was about to pay, I, have a, I was going to have a three ninety nine, end up having a five ninety nine because the chat was so convinced I should you know talk to him about the uh, favourite Ipswich Town eleven. Um, and um, I can't remember who it was. He was saying missed out Johnny Walk. Anyway, I I, I digress. Okay, so this anyway, we're back. Favourite Ipswich Town 11 and my guest today. Well, what can I say about him? Well, I could say a lot of things about him, um, but he, he won't be happy if I did. So I'll just keep it brief. No, he's a, he's a, he's a top man, top Ipswich Town fan, been for many years. He, and he, he, between you and me, hasn't got his hat on, if you'll listen to this on audio. <laughs> which is a good thing for me because he comes a huge, great hat he comes to at, at football sometimes. You're sitting, we have to sit in behind us. He's staying in Daily Times, boys. We have to sit in behind us so he doesn't block our view if he's sat in front of us. And um, oh, look, he's been the guru of uh, TWTD.co.uk for, oh, seems like centuries now. He, he must have started up when he was like four and a half. But anyway, he's, 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 he's here with us. He's the editor of that, uh, of that uh, uh, wonderful web, Ipswich Town uh, website, uh, uh, Mr. Phil Ham. Phil, well, how great to see you. How are you? What, what a terrific introduction. I don't think I've ever had a, a lengthier or more, uh, more um, comprehensive introduction in, in my lengthy career. Yeah, and as you say, I was uh, a small boy when we started, t- t- when I first got involved in TWTD. You must have been a small boy because it seems to been going forever. And you, you, you only look about I don't know thirty six. So I mean, how how how's how, how old were you when you did start it up? I think I was twenty four, um, which is sort of the end of nineteen ninety four. Because the fanzine, as it was, had already existed under two editorships before us, um, and the editors at the time, Gavin Barber and Phil Arnold. Um, they decided that they, for whatever reason, they wanted to give it up. And me and Steve Mellon, who was a colleague of yours at one time, um, I think Steve was actually offered it. And 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 he one night in the pub, and we we're both in a similar situation. We'd just finished university and was sort of looking to do something and had really kind of a bit directionless and uh, thought it was really something we could do to, you know, bit of put a portfolio together, that kind of thing. And um, anyway, gradually, uh, well, and we started doing it as a fanzine and and then the internet sort of happened and I was involved at the time at Leicester University and um, on a course where I learned about the internet and it seemed a natural fit and then Gavin Wilding came in who was, who was a programmer and we put a website together and gradually over that sort of period in the late 90s um, sort of the website kind of built up and then we kind of went professional as it were full-time sort of about 2000 2001-ish and it's been a job ever since. So yeah, it's, it's uh, yes, and uh, yes, and I'm considerably older than thirty six, as you suggested. But uh, I, I do take a compliment. <laughs> well, you, well, well, look, we look we look fairly similar so age wise. So I'm and I'm only thirty nine nine. So I'm, Ooh, I mean, I must think you think to myself, well, you you're a little bit younger than me. But anyway, well, that's fantastic. But TWT has been going yeah for a while now, and obviously a lot of town fans, yeah, a lot of town fans enjoy, it, and the forum particularly is very uh, very busy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yes, I think it's. Yeah, it's, it's kind of gratifying, obviously, that so many people do visit it every day, and uh, and the, the news and the and the forum and all the other kind of aspects of the site that are there. Um, and, and 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 as you say, it's uh, there are people on the forum 
that have been using the forum since the mid to late 90s, you know, which is fantastic. People have kind of known each other and we've had um, couples meet on the forum and children born as a result of them meeting on the forum and friendships formed and all, all these. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 um, kind of not, you know, it was never kind of put together with those kind of intentions, but the community side of it has been fantastic. I mean, there's, you know, people doing things with charity and, and um uh, we, we, we did a collection for for kit for um, someone in the the US Army a few years ago who, um, to take out to Iraq. Um, so we, we sort of a collaboration with the US Army, which was extraordinary. And when we did a collection for tickets for Ukrainian refugees a, a month or so ago um, for, for, for so that they can kind of watch the town and and, and settle into to life over here. So yeah, it's it's. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's um, yeah, it, it we couldn't possibly have imagined that it would kind of, but I mean, never had any intention of it being a job when I got involved in it to start with, and and um, and certainly not a job that would kind of cover my thirties, forties, and 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 uh, early fifties now. <laughs> Well, well, there you are. You're still going, uh, young Phil. Not looking like I say a day over thirty six, so which is, which is fantastic. And um, hey, look, I mean, you must go back to Ipswich Town when I when was it? So let's let's just before we talk about because you're here talking about favourite Ipswich Town level, which of course is going to be very interesting. And um, we're looking forward to hearing what that is, Phil. And um, and I just had to remind you that you needed some substitutes before uh, we started this uh, podcast, of course, which you had forgotten. Um, so well, I probably didn't, you never knew in the first place. But anyway, you, you've now have them. But so right, first game then, Phil. When when were you first at Portman Road or roughly? What, what era? Well, the first games I was at Portman Road were reserve games on a because obviously reserve games were on a Saturday afternoon, weren't they? When that when yeah. the first team were away, the reserves played at Portman Road, and um, and, and a lot of people used to turn up because I think it was one of the few ways at that time in the mid seventies you could actually find out the score of the first team game, wasn't it, with, over the PA? But I think because um, football in the in the mid seventies wasn't the most child friendly of atmospheres uh, at times, and I think my my dad kind of thought um, that uh, we'll, we'll give it a bit of a, a, a taster at a very young age of, of going to these reserve games. I can remember going to a game against Swindon, which must have been sort of 76, 77, something like that, um, and running up and down the terraces, the North Stand terraces. Um, but the first proper game, and actually the first, um, uh, the, probably before I went to a, a proper game, I'd actually been on a tour of the ground with the Cubs at Kesgrave. Um and um, which Mel Henderson thinks that he probably led. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. He was there then, wasn't he? Part of his job at the time. Um, anyway, afterwards, they uh, like the the, 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 the the cup leader said uh, we all have to write an account of it all, and uh, so we all wrote an account of it, and the and the winner would be published in the parish magazine. And I was completely shocked when I actually won. And so my first Ipswich Town article was published in the Kesgrove Parish magazine in about 1977. Um, and you know what they, they say, the sort of old saying is that give, the book, uh, give me the boy at seven and I'll show you the man. And uh, yeah. very obviously the case there. But the first game I went to was uh, against Southampton in November 79. My friend, um, Phil Murray, he, he, it, was, it was his birthday treat and his dad Took us to Portman Road, standing on the uh, on the milk crates in the traditional manner wow. at the back of the Churchman's. Yes, yeah. And that team, I mean, yeah, that day, um, and I've watched the game back sort of relatively recently, actually. And uh, I think Terry Butcher was at left back, the beat was at centre half, um, and the goal scorers were uh, Walkie, Gates, and Brazil. So, uh, uh, and Mariner missed a penalty at the end, and and Mitch Devray came on as a club for his debut. 
and um, so I made my debut the same day as Mitch Devray. There you go. And I like, I like I'm, I'm very glad to hear you mentioned the milk crates because the milk crates are something that these young fans feel will have no idea the importance of a milk crate, will they? And taking it yeah, to a Horton Road. Yeah. I was I was an East Stand milk crater, um, to heading towards the North Stand end up, that sort of end. That was my milk crate stand right at the front. Um, yeah, the that's quite brave to have one in the churchman's end. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know quite where we well, I don't know. Yeah, we ended up there, but we we tended to sort of then. When we attended, when I went with my dad and my brother, we went on that East Terrace, as it was known, I think, wasn't it? The Portman Terrace, and yeah. which was like a family section for a while, wasn't it? And uh, yeah. so we sat there kind of during that, with the games we saw during the 80 81 era and all that. But we didn't go all the time, we didn't have a season ticket or anything like that. Money was a bit tight, and uh, so uh, yeah, we, we just sort of went um, a few times a season at that point, but while still completely obsessed with Ipswich Town and, and used to see. Most of the games, I'd say, or a lot of the games were either match of the day or match of the week, weren't they, during that era? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so, the thing. I mean, it's, it's actually quite interesting at the moment. Is that anyone's watched on ITV for big match revisited and stuff like that that keeps coming on? And it's which town are on there nearly all the time because they're yeah. doing it from the sort of the early, the late 70s through that early 80s. And of course, that's a great era for us, Phil. And obviously, we enjoyed all that. And I know we bore, bore to death again our younger fans about how great Ipswich Town were. And, um, but it was, it was a, it was a surreal time, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but we, it was, I mean, it feels like that now, but at the time it was normality, wasn't it? Growing up, um, I mean, I was seven when we won the cup in 78. Um, and and you took being in cup finals or being you know, challenging for the league or having Barcelona down here in the UEFA Cup or you Cup Winners' Cup as, as just sort of normality. You expected it every year. And... Mm. Um, so, because we'd never known anything else, people of my age. Um, so, yeah. So it was yes. So I think there was perhaps a, a bit of a lack of appreciation to some degree of what quite what remarkable times we were living in uh, and going through. And um, I mean, that's kind of something I do feel that I was probably a bit too young to really appreciate the quality of the football and and and, and what was being achieved in that era. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's. The fact that kind of yeah, our our um, main rivals at that point were really Liverpool, weren't they? Rather than yeah. Norwich to some degree. Yeah. And because um, we were challenging for the title with them most seasons. And um, yeah, as you say, you look back and think, blimey, you know. And, and I know so many people from fans from around the country who uh, became Ipswich fans because of the, the they, they saw the quality football, not just around the country, from abroad, you know, all the Scandinavian fans, um, yeah. people in Ireland and Northern Ireland and Tom Van Hulsen, the Dutch journalist who just sort of fell in love with Towns football. Um, that, uh, yeah, we, we, when, and, and that still kind of has an impact on our support. I think people that are still following town because of that era. Well, look, look, that's that's absolutely spot on, Phil. And you're absolutely right. It was a great era. And of course, and then George Birdie came through as well. And what we want to do at the end is talk about perhaps Kira McKenna now and, and what, because like me and you have... We're sort of, we're like, I'd say old hats, but I've mentioned the word hat again. I, I, I've mentioned it once already. I'm not going to say that word, but we're, you know, we could sort of, we, we do remember those times. Let, let's, let's see what we think about the future going forward as well, Phil, later on in the, in the, in the pod, because I think both of us have, have seen enough of Ipswich Town to know what we're looking yeah. at now as well. Um, but look, hey, let's get your favourite Ipswich Town 11 then, Phil. So it, it covers a big era. It covers from the mid 70s right through to 2022. Um, Phil, let's start off. Have you got a little formation? Or I don't really like formations, to be honest, but I know you do, so I'm sure you'll you'll have a formation there, have you? Or not? And start with goal. Gone for a rather traditional 4-4-2, actually. Excellent. Um, yeah. Um, 
not very. Really, I mean, it's sort of slightly forced to some degree, I suppose. But yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a fairly classic four four two. I think it could it could certainly play in that way. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's um flat back four. Yeah, midfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, excellent. Right, four four two. It is. Who's the goalie then, Phil? Well, I've gone for Richard Wright. Mm. Now, I think you know, a lot of people will kind of uh, look at Paul Cooper and say, well, we obviously saw Paul Cooper play for many years, which I did, and he was a great keeper. Uh, but I think that for me, that Burley era, um, which was my late 20s to my early 30s, and, and the way that that team sort of developed over that period is probably the era that when I'm kind of sitting in a care home, boring some uh, some nurse uh, about, you know, that's that's probably the era that I'll look back most fondly upon uh, because it was, because uh, I was able to appreciate it more perhaps than the Robson era. Um, and, um, and, and Richard Wright was such a key man in that. And again, he was a local boy and that, was given his given his chance at 17, which is how rare is that with a goalkeeper to be given a debut at 17 in the Premier League? I know by that time we'd already been relegated, um, but it was quite a big decision for George Burley to make at that point because and, and actually I think he we had two our senior goalkeepers were both injured, weren't they? The Clive Baker and um, Craig Forrest, I think, at that time. And uh, the previous week he gave. Another goalkeeper, Phil Morgan, his debut, who was slightly more senior, I think 21 or something like that, at Stoke, and we lost. And I wonder whether George was been umming and ahhing about which one of the two to start, because I think there was always this expectation that Richard Wright was going to be the the next, uh, you know, was was one of the real stars coming off the off, off the out of the the youth system at the time. And um, anyway, the next week we had a home game against Coventry, and uh, he gave him the his debut and we won 2-0 and he kept a clean sheet. And really, I don't. I think that was it, wasn't it? I think he was the first the rest, team. The rest was sort of history, really, with Richard, wasn't it? I mean, just, yeah. I mean, but Burley was good at giving young players a chance, wasn't he? He, he didn't, yeah. he was never scared to chuck, to chuck youngsters in, in, in his time at other clubs as well. So, um, yeah, Richard Wright was, yeah, a lot of people, well, a lot of people have chosen Richard Wright. A few people have chosen him, but not as many as I thought would. But so it's interesting, Phil. I, I, I back you on that. I think he's, he was a top goalkeeper and, of course, played for England. I mean, you know, have we, have we had, well, we must have goalies play for England. Yeah, have we? No, he's only we've had nothing. Um, yeah, um, yes, we've not had many international goalkeepers. Have we? Bart no. played for, um, for Poland, and um, Asmir Begovic played for yeah. uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, can't think of too many more. Oh, Scotland, um, what's his name? Played for Scotland, the goalkeeper that was here under um, and under Jim, whose name escapes me for a second. It probably comes to me in about an hour's time. Um, yeah, and and you look back and you think. I can't think of many goals that were Richard Wright's fault during mm. the entire time he was here. And I think he made something like, at one stage, I think he made 200 consecutive appearances. Mm. Mm. I mean, how many goalkeepers came to the club to be the number two keeper and never made an appearance? Yeah. I mean, it's lo lots of... Lee Bracey was here for years and never made an appearance. He was, <laughs> Lee Bracey's only known as being a radio co-commentator here, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, I think people like uh, Mike Salmon. I don't think he played very much, did he? And um, mm. there, there were quite a few, I think, that that, uh, 
that were here during his his first spell. I don't think his second and third spells kind of matched the first spell. But um, and 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 you you don't and, and that season in the Premier League, the first season in the Premier League, he was absolutely fantastic. I know everyone talks about Marcus Stewart's goals and Jim being the the kind of um, the hub of the team, but Richard Wright in goal was really very good um I've, i know it's, i think that's the game we actually lost at arsenal but he made so many saves in that game it was and, and superb saves um it was yeah really really top goalkeeper um and um and i don't think anyone i know people say oh you know he went to arsenal for the money you, you can't you can't stand no side. no he, he, had, he had to make a move making a move was not wasn't yeah he, he'd done well and and the move was yeah yeah that it was was a case of money. I don't think you want you want to try and you know just Arsenal. If Arsenal come calling, you know a club like Arsenal, it was, it was a big move for him, wasn't it? So, yeah. Wait, well, look, Richard Wright's in goal then, Phil. I mean that's good. That's a good start. We'll now go to your back four. Now, do you want to tell us who they are and then reel a little bit off about each one of them, or just want to go straight in the right back and a few words and then left back and a few words? I'll leave to you. Well, I, I mean, I've got. Let's talk about the fullbacks, um, Mick Mills and Mauricio Torico. Mm. Now, so they they could both play either side, couldn't they? They're yes. both right-footed left backs, really. Um, and but both spent time playing at right back. I think Millsy obviously play, was playing at right back in the UEFA Cup winning year because George got injured, um, and and then Steve McCall came in at left back. And Tariko, I think he went to right back when Jamie Clapham came in, if I remember rightly. Mm. Um, I could have that slightly wrong, but someone else came in at left back. Um, but but I think he probably we kind of remember him at left back with that forging that fantastic partnership with Paul Mason down the left, yeah. um, which was yeah which was you know a, a kind of uh, one of the one of the big features of that team in the in the in the in the late nineties. But so yeah, so I think, we, I think, I think Tariko just sorry, but I mean Tariko was possibly and all the years I've followed Ipswich Town and I, just a few years before you actually started watching, so he must go down I reckon as one of the biggest fans' favourites ever. Not, yeah. not, the, not the biggest ever, but certainly if you took a top five of best, most favourite ever Ipswich Town, not best favourite fans, favourites, Tariko's going to be up there, isn't he? Yes, definitely. I think he, I think there's a, there's a sort of story there, isn't there? There's a sort of narrative that he comes over from uh, Argentina as a sort of make weight, as it were, in the, uh, in, in the um, when Paz came out. He was sort of, you know, very much the secondary yeah. figure, wasn't he, in that deal? Um when the two of them signed, they weren't part of the same deal, were they? They came from different clubs, but I think that they, he, he was, um, yeah. And so Paz was the scene as the star. And then he had, he made his debut against Bolton in the League Cup. And we lost 3 0, didn't we, to a team two divisions below us, which is always good with my mate, Bolton fan, sat next to me that day. Um, and then disappeared for a year. Mm. And, and really, it looked like, it was a failed signing. Nothing was going to happen. And then at the beginning of the following season, after we'd been relegated, we suddenly had a, a kind of fullback injury crisis. I think anybody who played fullback got injured. Um, Neil Thompson, Frank Yeller, all those that. Uh, and I, 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 I'm not. I, I don't. I know. I talked to George about this. Perhaps uh, I don't think George had that much trust in him at that point. Mm. But then he came into the team, and he, like Richard Wright, made himself undroppable mm. and gradually has emer emerged as an absolutely key player in that team and, and one of the best players in that team. And um, as you say, a fan's favourite, knew, knew how to um, 
knew how to get fans on side. I don't like yellow. I think he said that to us in an interview. And um, uh, yeah, he really, he really got it. And and I can remember sort of, and and he lived on on Grange Farm, didn't he? And and yeah. he'd just go around his house, and he'd end up playing table tennis in the in his garage with the kids. And and uh, people kind of, you know, you know, when a player is kind of really dedicated and um and, and has real kind of affection for the club and um and i think it was genuinely when he went to tottenham a really difficult decision for him i mean yeah, i know I think, yeah i think it was again, a difficult decision again like richard wright it was a step up because obviously we're in we're in the what was the first division at that point and now's the championship and um but he yeah, I think I think he found it quite hard to leave the club and leave the area because he was so well settled. And in fact, actually, I think there were suggestions he was going to come back at one point when um, when we were in the Premier League because he wasn't in the Tottenham team. And I think he was quite keen, and George was quite keen to have him back. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen. But um, but yeah, it was yes, it was yeah, he was just terrific as a footballer, and he had that spirit and um, and was a you know. The, a bit of a master of the dark arts. Uh, I think. I think the players nicknamed him Silent Death, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and it's strange because you. I like the way you. I mean, your other fullback, Mick Mills, couldn't be more opposite, polar opposites, really, could they? I mean, but what a player! Yes, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Mills. When I was growing up, I don't think I could have. I don't think I imagined anyone else as Ipswich Town captain other than Mick Mills. He, he was. Yeah, he was our leader, wasn't he? And. Um, just such a calm and measured. I mean, you, you talk to him now in the press room. A calm and measured, intelligent sort of presence. And um, and it's interesting because I had a conversation last week with another podcast, sort of not town fans, and they were saying, "You've got all those big characters in that team. You've got Mariner, you've got Beatty, you know, you've got Hunter, and all these people. And yet the captain is this rather more sort of measured, not a not a shouter. Not a, do, you not do you not hear? Reminds me of the Mike Brearley of England cricket captaincy. Yes. Yes, no. more like a cricket captain, actually. That, no, that... Do you know what I mean? Mike Brearley was never the star man in England cricket, but my word, did he have this presence, didn't he, in the England cricket team? Yeah. And Nick had that complete with our successful team. All the big, you're right, all the big characters who played under him, the big noises, and he, but he was the he was the main man. He was the one who kept it all nice. He was he was Bobby's big right-hand man, wasn't he? Yes, yes. And and I think that um, ultimately was, was perhaps why he ended up leaving, is I think, Bobby Ferguson saw him as a bit of a threat that he was mm. he was bigger than him and mm. um which I think was a, a big mistake I think the appointment of Bobby Ferguson was a big mistake full stop but um but yes and and um, and and of course a really good footballer I think we should sort of yeah yeah exactly not- very good footballer yeah well you don't yeah. captain England don't captain England World Cup you're not a good no. footballer so you got you got you got Mills and Tariko each side and who you got you who's right who are the big men at the back then uh, or perhaps not big men perhaps they're little little people but uh, who are they <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, I've picked. Uh, I was trying to think of the yeah, Mickey Stock. No, um, he did play centre half once. He told us that on the radio. When, yeah. um, that he, he played uh, everywhere. Mickey Stock. John Lyle started a game at Leeds with him at centre half, but it lasted mm. about fifteen minutes. Um, no, um, well, I can't really pick anyone other than Kevin Beattie and Terry Butcher, can I? <laughs> Having done radio shows with them, the two of them for for many years. Um, but but what but what but what a couple of colossus. Oh uh, yes, and, and of course, I mean, what, what you say, yeah. the greatest centre. The, the the obviously you've got Russell Osman and uh, Alan Hunter, and I think people older than me would talk about um, uh, Billy Baxter. Mm. Uh, in fact, I interviewed Ray Crawford a while ago, and he said that Billy Baxter for him is the greatest player. 
to ever have played for town. Uh, I think I think I think Tony Garnett told me that once as well. He said, "You never saw Billy Baxter, did you?" I said, "No, no." He said he was out. You thought BG was good. He said Baxter was right up there as well. Yeah, and that's exactly the the, the conversation I had with Ray. And um, but um, yes, I think yeah, to, to, they are probably from for anyone who's sort of post sixties, the the sort of two outstanding uh, centre halves with with uh, and probably at most other clubs, Alan Hunter and, <laughs> and Russell Osman would be. Yeah. Right up there as well, uh, right up there instead. But um, yeah, as I say, T Terry actually, and, and both of them were defenders, but also footballers. I think that's that's the other thing that uh, uh, the fact that Bobby played them both at left back early in their careers, uh, and and I think for beat it's probably a great shame that he won all his caps for England at left back, didn't he? Rather than yep. in his yeah. best position, and, and that he only won nine caps when he should have equaled, uh, I think, seventy-seven. Uh, Terry won. I think he probably should have been up there with him. So um, I don't remember beat at his best. When I talked to kind of the likes of Dave Allard and people like that um, slightly earlier than I was watching, perhaps 74, 75, 76, that kind of period was before the injuries really kicked in was when uh, beat was at his best. But I mean, what a player. I mean, you just have to look at the, you just look at the highlights reel and see, you know, the pace, the power, the strength, the leap. I mean, the, the thing when I first met him, that surprised me was that he's not that much taller than me. No, much, I think he's five ten, um, uh, and um, and yet he was marking people like, um, well, what's his name? The, the big centre for for Derby in the seventies. Davis was it? it? Was about six Kevin foot. Davis. No, no, not Kevin Davis. Um, not in, in Derby in the mid seventies, I think it was oh. six foot seven. I think, and 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 yet he'd mark him. You know, and he'd he'd kind of deal with him in the air. And um I remember uh, beat score, I remember beat scoring a goal at Everton once in the FA Cup. Well, I was there actually as a fan because we're very young, and it, I think it was just a 2-0 down, and Bobby brought him on as a sub because he'd been injured, and a corner came over and beat he literally leapt above everybody. I mean, he literally was ahead above everybody and made it to I mean, you'd never seen anyone leap so high. We thought, where the hell did that come from? Where did where did he come from? Yeah, um, made it 2 1. I mean, it's lost, I think, where well, they did lose, so, but uh, I won't forget that goal. And Butch, of course, um, as you say. A footballer. That's what people forget. They just think Butch is a big, big, big chap, blah, blah, blah. But he could play. He could. And I think people forget that because of all the the sort of iconography that surrounds him. The mm. the shirt covered in blood yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. And Bobby Robson saying, you know, if you he's the man you'd want next to you in the trenches and that kind of thing. <laughs> it was all about his um, spirit and character, which are, you know, undeniable. Yeah. Uh, uh, obviously, part of his game, but the only part of his game. He, he's a he was a footballer as well. When you watch the Saint Etienne, the, the highlights of the Saint Etienne away game, when he played left back in that game as well, he's pretty much like a winger in that match, banging crosses in a six foot four or whatever to yeah, Terry. Yeah. Um, yeah, so terrific, terrific footballer, and and also again, I mean, I know the sort of sort of I say it sort of detracts from, but you need those sorts of characters in teams. And um, alongside your kind of Mick Mills's with the with with the kind of more measured sort of uh, cricket captain's type approach, and um, yeah, sort of driving the team on. I remember all the stories about uh, how matches matches have been won in the tunnel just by yes. him and Mariner kind of being so vocal and so aggressive that other teams are cowering. Yeah. Um, and and um, yeah, so yeah, terrific, uh, terrific defender, terrific footballer. Terrific character, terrific bloke. Having done the radio show with him and and beat, of course, for 
well, it's seven seven years um, with B, and and uh, the last uh, three years, I suppose, with the hiatus for the pandemic with uh, with, with Terry. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I don't think you could ask for it. and 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 the other thing that's so brilliant about Terry is that Beat was his hero growing up. Uh, yeah, 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 terrific. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, look, hey, we've, we've we've been blessed with some fantastic centre halves back in the day, um, and uh, yeah, you, you picked two great ones there. Look, look, I'm Mike Bacon. I hope you're enjoying listening to um, my favourite Ipswich Town Eleven. It's with Phil Ham here um, from twtd.co.uk. I mean, make sure I get that right. He told me right before the start, otherwise he'll just hey. storm, storm off, storm off set. He oh, said oh, yeah. that, or if Ipswich Town make a transfer, he's leaving the set. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I have to be very careful. How very careful how I treat him, and obviously he's, he's, he's a, you know, but he's, but this is this is terrific. We've already well, um, so what have we got for your back five then, uh, uh, Phil? Let's just quickly run through them before we get to the midfield. Well, we've got Richard Wright in goal, and we've got we've decided. I think we decided that Mick Mills is going to be right back, didn't we? Uh, uh, and Mauricio Tarico left back, and then uh, Kevin Beatty and Terry Butcher's centre halves. So I'm not sure which way round they would go. I think there'd have to be a discussion between the two because they both prefer to play the left, don't they? Um, <laughs> Well, we'll come to your manager at the end. The manager could decide. We'll leave the manager decide that. Um, I probably, I probably have. I think I'd have Butch on the left personally, but um, that, that's there you go. But we'll yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. And I think he'd be quite happy to kind of uh, what's the word? Step aside and uh, no, he would be quite happy to, to happy, step aside yeah. and play on the right. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So let's go to your midfield. You say you're playing four four two. Uh, Phil. So uh, again, let's get again. Do you want to start with your wide men and and then you send your centre midfielders and then just just carry on. Well, I've started Arnold Muren at left midfield. I think um, I'm left footed, and so kind of when he came in and you know was floating these balls and in those crosses and free kicks and sort of the goals he scored and all those kind of things. They're just that you you, you do as uh, a young player. However good you are, it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, uh, an aspiring uh, professional or just uh, your park player. Uh, uh, and and um, yeah, you do aspire to the players that have attributes like yourself. Uh, if you're a big centre half, you look to Terry Butcher. If you're a, 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 a kind of more well creative or goal scoring player, perhaps you look at players further up the pitch. And yeah, Muren with that, that left foot like a velvet glove, as I believe John Motson uh, Motson uh, says on one of their. On a, on a match of the day commentary, um, yeah, he was definitely, uh, definitely a player that I kind of aspired to, 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 to be like. Never got near it, obviously. Uh, but uh, I thought I thought you were going to carry on to say, and you you did sort of you you, you did sort of uh, reach his heights. So I, I thought that's where you're going to carry on for a second. No, no sadly not. Sadly not. Um, yeah, the nearest <laughs> I got to him was uh, him dropping his kids off at Kesgrave Primary School, <laughs> where I went, and. Um, yeah, it's yeah, and I, I, I yes, I met him a few times over the years as well, which is very uh, terrific bloke again, like uh, like uh, 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 sort of others I've, I've spoken about, and um, yeah, it's just just and, and obviously yeah, a complete a, a kind of cultural uh, change for football really that summer of seventy um, eight when he came in here and. Um, the two Argentines went in at, at, at Tottenham and one or two others as well, weren't there? There was one at Sheffield United as well. Um, the first time we'd really seen foreign players in English football. And, um, and of course, his recruitment was, was a cultural change for the way that Ipswich Town played under Bobby Robson. Um, he didn't want to see the ball flying back over his head constantly. And uh, so his signing really was the kind of catalyst 
for the development of that great um, Bobby Robson team. I think the 78 team was a, was a very good team as well, but I think we all kind of look back on the 80-81 team as the, as the greatest team that he created. And I think he obviously said that as well. Um, so, yes, yeah, so him on the left. Um, then across the middle, uh, I've got John Walk, because you can't not have John Walk in an Ipswich Town team, can you? Um, I mean, you could play him in most positions. I mean, that's the other thing. Having John Walk there, you can have a formation. I say this is a 4-4-2 formation, but you could drop him as an additional yeah. centre half, couldn't you? So that would yeah. change and maybe put him in as uh, behind the front too as well. I'm sure he'd, 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 he'd play that role a few often. And I think he played wide right a couple of times under in his late later period, didn't he? That game against Leeds, I think he played uh, in a wide right role. Um, Ended up centre half. And 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 yes, and, and 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 well, started and finished as a centre half, didn't he? Yeah. So, yes. yeah. but his golden period, I think everyone would be playing that holding holding goal scoring midfielder role that no one else really has ever matched he um yeah it's just just extraordinary really i think and and the way that other players talk about him uh, and just sort of shake their heads kind of yeah uh, it was it, it was it was a most extraordinary time that john walk created for us that year he got what's it 36 38 i can't remember yeah 14 um, years yeah, yeah. I mean that eighty-one. I mean to, to to literally every. If you look at the highlight reels of that season, and Walk just kept appearing on the six-yard spot, on the six-yard area, on the penalty spot, or it does. He just kept flying it, and when and no half a time, no one near him. It was extraordinary. He just had this beautiful timing, didn't he? It was it was wonderful timing and 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 three lungs as uh, Joe Roy yeah. Royals yeah. phrase that he used to get up and down, and um, and I think someone said that that they trained with him, and his heading was as accurate as everybody else's shooting you know what i mean as anybody else's shooting um just incredible um incredible talent and then obviously the the the, the length of time that he played uh just shows his ability and his um versatility as a player that he had so much about him um that he's kind of here a hero of the mid 70s all through to the mid 90s at town and having had spells away at Liverpool, where he, I think he top scored one year at Liverpool, which you, you don't do if you. <laughs> what, what they win? Did he win the title at Liverpool? He must, I think. Yeah, won the title. Title. Must, must twice, two or three times, I think. And um, yeah. yeah, so just yes, just a, a phenomenon, really. Not just an Ipswich Town great, but a, an, an all-time great. I mean, yeah, if, I think first goals, um, first Ipswich players to score in a World Cup finals. I think. Uh, in the game against New Zealand, I think for the Scotland, he scored twice, didn't he? And uh, yeah, well, you're, now you're now you're coming out with the stats now, Phil. I mean, you, you've done you, they've, they've been impressive up to now. With that, I didn't. I, that's a good one. I know I didn't realize that. That's a right. uh, scoring a World Cup. That's well, you might be fantastic. I never knew I that. Think that's the first stat. I don't know. Um, we didn't have many Ipswich Town players playing World Cups before so well, eighty two, did we? I can't really remember. No, you're probably correct. To be fair, but, but, mm, <laughs> mm, mm. so yes, uh, and 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 I think. Uh, at any club um, that he, uh, even you talk to Middlesbrough fans, we only had a season at Middlesbrough and I had a yeah. friend of mine at university who was a Middlesbrough fan. And, uh, and, and he said that he, he, he played a different role at home and a different role away and, you know, just fitted it in, into, into it and played really well. And I think he kind of wanted him to, to stay, but I think at the time, different managers or whatever the situation yeah. was, released him and actually he was still living down here, wasn't he? And uh, he was, yeah. Yeah, and and um and and of course we profited that that ninety one ninety two season. Um, 
again, he was a key man in that, wasn't he? Which uh... I think people forget actually that he came back and he was part of that title winning team in Division Division Two. You know, I think people sort of thought he just like came back, but he came, of course he was a major part of that, wasn't he? Yeah. And stuff, you know? Yeah. So who are you putting alongside him then, Phil, in the middle? Jason Dazell. Oh, Jason Dazell, wonderful player. Yeah. Partly because they'll phone me up if I don't. Um... Yeah, well, that's the and to be fair, that's the main reason. Right, we'll move on. No, <laughs> but no, I think I think the story again. You know, as an Ipswich fan, and um, and him being an Ipswich fan, we, we have we've had him on Life's Pitch a few times ahead of derby matches. And my main thinking is because he scored a few goals in derby matches and played quite a few. But he wants to talk about the ones that he watched from the terraces yeah, and, no. and, and 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 the experience of watching Town win, seeing Weimark score a hat trick in the in, in, in a derby and all those kind of things. So yeah, he, he's very much one of us, you know. I think that's I think that's part of it. And and at Ipswich, this tradition of having players come through um, from the youth system. Although I'm not sure he played much in the youth system because obviously at 16 he made his debut. Was it 16 and 57 days or something, wasn't it? And and um, uh, yeah, just just a remarkable story to, to 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 still be at school, make your debut, score a goal. Um, same day, it was his first game, wasn't it? It was Paul Mariner's last game that match. And um, uh, and um, yeah, and and leading or being a key man in your local team that gets promoted to the Premier League, I think is a. a I think I did. I did. A, I did. A, well, I, did, I, I think I did. I know exactly. No, I know I did. I did a podcast. <laughs> Oh, sorry. So you're getting to that age now. I get to say, I'm thinking things, but I actually do know I did them. I just, I haven't got the confidence to say it. No, I mean, I did a podcast with Jason for the 90 to 192 And, you know, and you're right. You're absolutely right, Phil. He he got huge delight in talking about his time on the terraces. Oh, he loved being a town fan. Oh, it made yeah. his, he, I, I made my Saturdays. He said, oh, I was about 13, 14. I was allowed to go on my own. And, you know, and he and he, and he talks about us. He talks as a fan so 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 wonderfully and 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 what a thrill it must have been for him to see andre score you know in a town shirt i know that obviously they're not here you know Andre's not hearing him, but i mean do you imagine you know imagine what he must have thought that day at Sheffield i know Bay. i know wonderful yeah. for him. there wasn't he he was there that yeah. day fantastic and um so so good that uh so good that he was there to witness it um and and, and also he'll be he was quite glad that andre was 16 years and 200 and something days rather than <laughs> Slightly younger than him. Um, and of course, we haven't actually mentioned what a great player Jason oh, was. And, and talking about him the person, but of course, he was a silky smooth player, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He's, he's like a Rolls Royce in that middle yeah. of that midfield, and and another one who's so versatile as well yeah. that he played. He could he could play sort of the deeper role, but he um, was play a role sort of off Chris Kawamia, didn't he? In that nineteen ninety two team at times, um, sort of quite a sort of modern sort of role, really, when you think about it, that we only really had one striker, didn't we? And, and yeah. someone, um, yeah, t- terrific footballer. Um, Ipswich is sort of heartbeat of that. Team. I think you need in teams, people from, um, certainly Ipswich Town teams anyway, uh, people who've grown up as Ipswich Town. We've got Wolfie at the moment, who's a, who yeah. grew up as a town fan. And, and um, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's yes, sort of living it, sort of representative of the, those of us on the terraces, on the pitch, um, and and um, and again, someone else you could you couldn't really, or you, and and, uh, and I know fans did have a bit of a pop at the time, and they shouldn't have done really. That you can only go so far as a player with Ipswich Down these days. I think probably the earlier eras, the sort of early eighties and seventies, you could reasonably expect yeah. to be in England international with yeah. with. Which and um, 
But that era, once you get into, into the Premier League years where bigger clubs are that bit bigger than the likes of us, um, then to progress your career, I think you have to move on, sadly. And um, and Jason went to Tottenham. And um, I don't think he kind of deserved the opprobrium he got um, at the time. And, um, and, of course, he came back again for a brief spell, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did very well in that brief spell, but I don't think he was quite what... Uh, the club was looking for at the time um and um yeah no. so really yeah. terrific player terrific bloke I, I kind of known him for many years now and um and um yeah as i say that and that 91 92 season which obviously we've already spoken about uh walking being part of that team but i think that yeah. that reinvigorated the club because yeah. i think after the robson years and the you know being relegated and then the fallow years under Ferguson and, and John Duncan, a lot of people drifted away from the club, me included. A lot of yeah. fans, particularly my age, where was I? Sort of late teens during the the, the uh, Ferguson and, and, and Duncan era. You've got other things to, you're sort of getting interested in going to the pub and, you know, clubs and, and oh, it's, music. It was, right. it, was a, it, was a, it was an unpleasant time at the at very yeah. I mean, attendances, <laughs> attendances were down to like 8,000 and stuff. You know, it's incredible. Well, yes. That was, I think it was, wasn't it? Port Vale, the first day of the 1991 season, it was 8,000 at Portman Road. And so, uh, so who's who, ah, but you mentioned just Jason Sells. We go back to your favorite level. Who's on your right hand side, though, Phil? That's a thing because that's uh, that's uh, this, this is the final key man, Kieran Dyer. Ah, well, I don't think you can, I, I don't know, he might argue that he probably should be better in the middle, but uh, he's gonna play on the right in this team because I think Jason and uh, Jason and Walkie, uh, are better. yeah, I just, yeah, again. Fantastic story, isn't it? The local boy who, who I mean, liked. I mean, I think Jason said to me once that he couldn't believe that anyone had ever played for town who grew up closer to the ground than him. Because I think one it's, of them lived in Dilworth. was closer. Kieran was closer, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's like one street difference, isn't it? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, but he was. And and I've seen um, for for games, was queuing for tickets for playoffs or whatever. Um, Kieran sort of walk in with his boots, you know, he's, he's not driven in. He's so lived so close. He just used to walk to the ground at the time. And and um, yeah, so I think um, and 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 I think probably the best player that the Ipswich Academy, since it's been produced, has been uh, in existence. Actually, I don't know whether the academy would have been. I think the academy was ninety eight, and uh, Kieran had already made his debut then. But I think certainly the best player the Ipswich Town youth system has produced sort of since the 70s since the early 80s since jason i suppose thinking about it and and um yeah what a terrific uh yeah a, a, a phenomenal athlete for, for starters just sort of being able to get up and down up and down running all day he told me a story once about um when he was playing for newcastle against um manchester city and kevin horlock was marking him and it got to about the 35th minute or something and they're in the center circle and kevin horlock <laughs> Will you stop running? And the thing with Kieran, as you know, we both know him very well. And, um, you know, he, he was just, he's just Ipswich through and through. But not only is he Ipswich through and through, he's a very, very, he was a, he was a brilliant footballer. I mean, yeah. again, sometimes these players like Jason and, and we sort of, we, we sort of wax lyrical about, who lived around the corner and they did this, did You've got to remember, these are world stage players as well. Yeah. I mean, Kieran, another World Cup player, you know, played Newcastle, Champions League football and in a very short spell at Ipswich. But, you know, he's only, what, two years, two and a half years, but he's in your favourite 11 and he's well, in quite a few. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think when with that kind of um, box to box running, the pace was incredible. Yeah. Uh, the pace running with the ball was incredible. 
Um, and yeah, I think uh, remarkable, really, uh, sort of. To, and and one thing I kind of think, and it probably he probably still thinks about it now. That playoff semi final against Bolton, the one that he played in, and, and that header which looped in, didn't it, to bring the scores level. Yeah. And what a fantastic head. What a fantastic, what, how, yeah. He never, he never headed the ball. That was the thing. He never headed the ball, did he? Yeah. Only yeah. he ever scored. I think that's, I think that's, yeah. that's right. Um, and it just looked like it was, he'd scored that decisive goal that was going to take us into the, um, to Wembley. And it just, oh, and we just, and it's such a frustration that didn't happen in the way. And he, and obviously it, it, we knew that if that was, if we weren't going to go up, I, that was his, that was going to be his last game. We weren't going to go to Wembley. That was going to be his last game. So um, phenomenal, yeah, a great, great player. And um, again, like be probably should have made more appearances for England. I think thirty three, something like that. And um, and um, yeah, injuries again uh, impacting upon him. And, well, injuries, uh, I mean, injuries completely like the beat completely ruined his ruined a career that could have been easily 78 yeah. caps um, no doubt whatsoever um you know he took what well, he had a couple of broken legs and and, and just hamstring head terrible hamstring injury which yeah no i know he ended up going to america to try and saw it in the end you know and when he got to america they sort of said you know what the hell's been going on here you know this is this really shouldn't have been as bad as this and so anyway but yeah well that's a great but what a great midfield that is i mean what's that midfield again we're going right to left or left to right where, where you want to go well, I'll go right to left if you like this time. Kieran Dyer, Jason Dizel, John Walk, and Arnold Muren. I like that midfield. I like that. Fans a few areas and oh yeah, I like that a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of goals there. A lot of excitement as well. Um, right, Phil. Excellent. Well, I hope you like say. I hope you like listen to Phil Ham's favourite Ipswich Town Eleven, of course, from from twtd.co.uk. Phil, the editor of the uh, of that, um, is uh, giving his favourite Town Eleven. I hope you enjoy it. We're coming now to we're coming to the business end. We're coming to the business end of the football pitch now. He's gone four four two. So we've got to come. No one has signed for Ipswich in the last ten, ten, half an hour because he's still here with me. And he said, like I said, he's going to storm out if they do. So fortunately, he's still here so let's let's hope we can hang on for another 15 minutes or so till we get top two then who's up front then phil paul mariner oh yeah i didn't see ray crawford play uh, uh and, and i think they're probably the two great greatest number nines i didn't see tom garney's either but again a bit before my time now tom garney's another player who people who saw play say i never saw him play obviously uh, say he was fantastic and mm. a lot of people say garney's was fantastic yeah and and and, and I mean, the other thing is, I mean, people who say, oh, yeah, well, hang on, League Division 3 South or whatever it was at the time, but there wasn't that kind of, um, the talent didn't gravitate towards the top in quite the way that it does now. Um, my dad watched Grey's Athletic in the in the 40s and there were players there because of the, the uh, um, maximum wage rule that they had at the time um, who had better jobs and were playing in non-league football because... They could earn more money working as I don't know, doctors or whatever, or dockers probably, <laughs> than they could as footballers. Um, and um, he saw some really good players in, in, in that era, I think. And um, yes, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's impossible to kind of compare eras in that way. But yeah, but Paul Mayer, I think, was the the outstanding number nine for me in the era that I watched football. Uh, just the, you just kind of watched the, you, those videos, you, and you, the, the the powerful headers. Do you know what I mean? The cross comes in, bang, is in the corner. You know, and the and the flicks and the hold up play and the strength and the power and the and the sh- and the shooting. You know, I mean, what what more do you want from a striker? The goal against is it Norway for England when he just sort of 
tricks his way past and and, and shoots and scores. I, mean, I can't remember too many better goals for England than that. Um, and yeah, just uh, again, he literally, he literally, you've just summed it up, Phil. He literally had it all. Didn't yeah, he? yeah. And I think I mean again, I, I, David Johnson, the older David Johnson, I don't remember, uh, but he was clearly a very talented striker as well, playing for England and Liverpool. Um, but Mariner took it up a level, didn't he? And um, his partnership with Trevor Wymark, who were probably uh, probably got mentions in some of your other 11s, I would guess, because for people a little bit older than me, because I think he's he was a little bit before that, another absolutely terrific striker. And then Alan Brazil, you know, there's yeah, yeah. A partnership with him, um, different players, different styles, and Gatesy behind them, who, again, remarkable player and kind of remarkable um, sort of tactical tweak that was made which i think was bobby ferguson's idea rather than bobby robson's yeah, i think yeah i think it was yeah in the hole mind, yeah he, i think he, he did it originally with johnny miller i think in the reserves mm. bobby ferguson a few years earlier and then gate it suited gates because gates he'd never really established himself prior to that had he having been at the club for a few years so yeah but mariner yeah i think the absolutely uh i, I think yes number nine best best center forward that i've seen for town and uh but who are you going to play alongside him in your 11. I had a lot of debate about this with myself. Oh. Length discussions. Lengthy debate with yourself. Uh, well, well, crikey. Mm, it's not, it's, uh, and um, yeah, Umdenard changed changed it a few times, you know, delete, delete, delete. I've gone with Chris Kuwamia from that 91 oh, really? team. Because I think, yeah, I think just the, the, the finishing, the quality of the finishing and his pace and how important he was to that team. Yeah. And another Definitely. one that came through, the, through, through our youth system. Um, um, yeah, just just a real star of that that side, really. Um, and as under, I said, under, under underrated striker, I always think Chris Kiwami. Yeah, and and, and I think yeah that that and, and I do feel that that ninety one the importance of that ninety one ninety two team is under is under un, underrated really within the partly because of Wembley two thousand all that because it, mm. it, it that that gained greater headlines I think because we went to Wembley and won and, and there, there was that dramatic day whereas. Um, 91 92 was over the course of a season, and uh, and it was a build, slow build over the course of a season. Mm. And you know, the big day where we actually won the title was at Oxford, uh, not the biggest ground, so there was only a, only a few thousand there of, of our fans at most. And uh, uh, so yes, and 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 uh, yes, it was just such a such an important player in that team. Great goals, um, and great goals in that in that spell in the Premier League for the next because we did quite well the following year, didn't we? We finished. Yeah. Uh, we finished right. down, but we were fourth at one stage before yeah. I think that the uh, that the um, that other sides kind of worked us out a bit. Um, and also, I, I think you get that kind of when you've when you've won a title one year and you 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 go into that next season with confidence and and I, but I think there, there's a kind of kind of um, sort of an emotional fatigue that comes in. I think after you've you've done the big job, and you, you you're getting promoted. And you're still on that high through this beginning of that season. And I think there is a, a drop off sometimes. And mm. um, but he was yes, huge in, in big games. You know, Man United against Liverpool, all these people scoring big goals against um, big teams. And uh, yeah, so I think he kind of is worthy of that. And again, you don't get a move to Arsenal no. if you haven't been a very good striker. Um, I mean, you're talking, you know, yeah, talk about teams coming for as you say, a striker. Arsenal don't go just signing willy nilly strikers back then. You know, it was. Huge, you know, it was, it was a great move for, for Chris. But um, hey, hey, look, that's pretty. So, Phil, if I'm not mistaken, 
we have your favourite eleven now, which you yeah, can now read rattle off before we'll have the subs in a minute. Don't we don't get carried away with the subs. Let's let's go for this favourite eleven. Then go on, then Phil, tell us what it is. The full eleven. From one to, yeah, I suppose give them shirt numbers as well, I suppose. Give them shirt numbers. We want one, two, three, four, five. We don't want silly 97s and 104s. A bit of a worry that we're going to have two number sixes, though, aren't we? Because I'm not sure that Beatty and Butcher. Which Never one? played number five. Number six. So not, you can tell Butch he's number five. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't like number five. He was talking about that on the radio the other day. <laughs> um, Richard Wright in goal. Number two, Mauricio Tarico. Because you can't have Mick Mills can't be anything other than number three, can he? Really, yeah. Yeah, that that's you associate Mick Mills with number three. Um, number six, Gavin Beatty. Also, number six, Terry Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> John Walk. See, John Walks had quite a lot of numbers over the yes, years. Yes, yeah, he was seven so, and eight, and yeah. So, would you say seven in the eighty eighty one team? Perhaps yeah. he's eight in this. Then um, Walkie is eight. Um, Kieran can have seven on the right wing. Uh, Jason can have. Uh, 10, can't he? Um, because yeah. that was always his number. Uh, Muren was eight, also, we've got two number eights as well now. Yeah, uh, I know well, yeah. oh, can wear five because he wore five in the uh, in, in his last period, didn't he? And then up front, Mariner nine and Kawami 11, as, as it yeah. was back in the day. Well, I think anyone listening to that now is completely confused what your uh, favorite 11 was, but I think we'll get we'll have a graphic up and everything else. And I think was not, there was definitely 11 of them, definitely 11 of them, absolutely. Now, a few subs, then Phil, rattle us off a few subs. We don't need to chat about them, just 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 have a just rattle us off who you'd have as subs. Well, my big debate about um the, the other striker was between Chris Kiwoman and David Johnson. I think David Johnson, the, the younger David Johnson, because he was, and I know Marcus Stewart probably grabbed all the headlines, yeah, um, to, from that era because of the Premier League year and um, the, the goals at Bolton or whatever. But David Johnson, for two or three seasons before that, was our 20-season man. And we wouldn't have been in that position without him. Absolutely terrific. And I, I, I do think it was quite sad, really, that he didn't get more of a go in the Premier League once we got there because mm. he'd done the, the hard graft, hadn't he, for us. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so uh, at Russell Osman, I think, you know, very unlucky not to get in the team. But Terry and, and um, beat. I, th I think it's difficult to kind of displace them. Russell, another you know, fantastic central mm. and a half. And, and Kieran, funny enough, did a thing with me a year or so ago and saying that Russell Osman, every bit the modern centre half, he thought that he yeah. played charity games with him and said that if he was playing now, that Pep Guardiola right. would be on the phone to his agent straight away. So um, Jim Jordan, I think from that, uh, that uh, the 2000 team or, or for a, and for a couple of years before that and the Premier League and, and of course the, the Joe Royal era as well. Absolutely key man, hub, centre of that midfield. Superb, um, super, absolutely superb character. Uh, you you kind of look at it and think, well, yeah, I wish when I had been playing, I'd had someone like him there. Do you know what I mean? In that team to who always wanted the ball. So if you were in a tricky situation, oh, thank God, Jim. You know, and and the, yeah, just just absolutely fantastic. And of course, there's that hat trick uh, in the in the playoff semi-finals. Just superb. Um, sub goalkeeper, Bart. I think, but uh, from, from a more, probably the most modern player in the team, I think. Yeah, it's just fantastic period. Um, it's just incredible um, consistency, really. Um, and I think he's been player of the year at his club for five out of the last six years, mm. which is just sure. with Town and Millwall. So, um, yeah, really, really good. I think that if I was doing this in two years' time, Christian Walton very decent of usurping him because I think he's, let's say about Richard Wright, you can't think of any mistakes he made or very many mistakes that he made. 
Christian Welton in a year and a half, you can't think of many errors that he's made. And, and, and I think he's certainly one that could be uh, 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 in future best 11s. Uh, and that final uh, substitute, Franz Tyson. I think uh, very unlucky not to get in the team full stop because he's such a... I mean, if it was purely on ability... And we're not talking just about ability. We're talking, fav- talking favourite 11s, Phil, as exactly. I said. It would be an 80-81 team, wouldn't it? If it yes, was of course it would. Um, yeah. uh, and, 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 uh, but, yes, I th- Franz Tyson is a fantastic player. Yeah. I, I actually played in a game with him once uh, in Holland um, when he was 60-something. And still, you know, he, and he had an injury, but you could still see the class was there. Uh, just that, just the dribbling. I love the, the player saying stories that say, "Oh yeah, if we got a bit tired, we'd give the ball to Franz to waste a bit of time to <laughs> get the ball off him." Um, yeah, just just superb. Uh, and so who'd be who'd be the manager though, Phil? Who'd manage this lot? Well, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because obviously I've lived through the Robson era, and he's a legendary manager. But I've, I've I've chosen not to go with the Bob. I've gone with George. I've gone with George because of that era, and and of course John Lyle was a fantastic manager as well, but. Um, yeah, just because of the, that era was such an enjoyable era for me, really, that George was the man that masterminded it. And it was a, it was a, a journey of development over several seasons yeah. that fans went with and we all followed and, um, and we got there in the end. You know, it was, it, it, there, was, there was highs, there were lows. There were, um, we saw young players with, with local connections. James Scowcroft, you've not mentioned, who's another one who perhaps could... could, could uh, uh, another one of these young players who, who came through Titus, another one, all those players that came in through that era um, that we related to as well. Um, and and um, yeah, so I think it was a, it was a fantastic journey over several seasons. And I've heard players of that era say, who, who've you know, been at various clubs that George was the best manager that they worked with. Yeah. So clearly, clearly a very talented uh, uh, manager. And with that influence of Sir Bobby from having played under him, uh, during that great era, um, so right, yes, so let's reel off your eleven. Let's reel off your five subs. Let's reel off your manager, and then we'll have a quick couple of minutes about Kira McKenna. Yeah, so come on then. What's your team then, Phil? Richard Wright, Mick Mills, Mauricio Tarico, Kevin Beatty, Terry Butcher, John Walk, Kieran Dyer, Jason Dazel, Arnold Muren, Paul Mariner, and Chris Kiwomia. And on the bench we have David Johnson, Russell Osman, Jim McGilton. Bartosz Bielkowski and Franz Tyson. And the manager, George Burley. Wow, I like all that. That's fantastic. That's nice. I like it. Yeah, well, you're pleased yourself, Phil. I don't blame you. I, I, well, well, give yourself an extra portion of lasagna in the press box on Saturday. Well, it's a fantastic effort. But, um, well, look, Phil, it's been great talking to you. Thanks ever so much. And we can't leave before talking about the current Ipswich Town team. I mean, we're talking about this. This Hopefully this podcast will go out after the Barnsley game. So um, hopefully Town have made it, kept their unbeaten run going. But look, hey. What a terrific victory over Barnsley. Absolutely fantastic, weren't they? Okay. Well done, Phil. Brilliant oh, stuff. We'll have to get it that early Monday morning. Well, hopefully we won't have to edit. No, hopefully we won't. Um, look, Kira McKenna, Ipswich Town now. I mean, you're like me. You've seen it all from back in the 70s. Um, how are you feeling? It's all looking very promising, isn't it, really? I think, um, yeah, I think we... I was just looking at some stats earlier for something I was writing. And um, we've not won three our first three away games in a row since 1936-37. Literally the club's first season as a professional club, uh, and we went on to win the Southern League that year. So there's a nice omen. Um, but yes, I think yeah, we, we couldn't have started the season any better, really. I mean, we could have beaten Bolton, but we you you 
that that's kind of expecting too much. Being top of the league by a point, um, unbeaten, um, and and I think what we were the concerns going into the season were: would we score enough goals, and would we turn those games that were frustrations, particularly on the road, the frustrations last season, would we be able to turn them into victories? Well, I think we've scored 10 goals this season. Only two teams have scored more than us, Portsmouth and Peterborough, who are second and third. They've scored two more than us. Um, but we've had most of our games away from home. Um, and games like Forest Green, well, I think, I, I think we only took four points from teams that were promoted last year. Uh, and with, that would have been a, a, a game we perhaps wouldn't have won. We went through that dodgy period in the second half, didn't we? And you could see in other circumstances last season, that might have been a game where we we slipped up. Um, and um, Burton, which was a very tough game, that could have gone either way. Yeah. But we'll say that about last season, that those games all could have, you know, ball dropped slightly differently. We could have won. We could have, you know, but we won it. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's, we, yeah, we won it. And um, it's important that we're, we're winning those games early on. Uh, and Saturday again, um, Shrewsbury last season, we dominated in a very similar way to how we did last year. But we we managed to give them a, a 1-1 draw, whereas the, the game was never in any doubt Saturday. Um, from the moment that... Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, I mean, I can't remember Christian Walton making a serious save all afternoon. And um, once the second goal went in, you thought, well, here we go, that's it. And I think we're starting to get to that stage now where you're not, where you're less worried um, when we go a, a goal. You think, you think we're going to, you're confident that we're going to win, even in those tougher games. But I think the only thing you would say is that aside from Bolton, we've not played anybody no. in the upper echelons of the division yet. And um, so that will be that will be when the, the next test comes. But you know, we, we've we've failed. We've struggled a lot with teams that were lower down the division yeah, often absolutely. in this league. And I mean, MK Dons, I think they're not the side that they were last year, but I think they still they will probably come through ultimately. Um, but teams that come and try and play football against us. I think we'll beat most of them yeah. fairly comfortably if they try and do that. Um, and, and, and teams that are more um, pragmatic which were our struggle last year, I think we're, we're starting to show that we can come through those games, which is positive. And uh, yeah, and, and Kieran McKenna, what a nice bloke. What an easy guy to deal with from a media perspective. Yeah. Um, well, excellent analysis of our performances. Um, and yeah, genu- genuinely um, a manager that uh, I think fans, I don't think fans have particularly liked a lot of managers in recent years. No, it's <laughs> got a very, it's got a very calm demeanour, hasn't he? He's got a very calm yeah. demeanour. Um, uh, Kieran, I mean, I think that's that's the one thing that has always struck me every time he marches over to just chat. Um, it's a it's a very laid back, and you imagine that you've got to try and think of how how does that react then in the dressing room? Well, you can you can almost sort of imagine it, can't you? There's a, there's you can't imagine teacups being thrown around and boots. No. it's a very calm, you know, talk about what they've got the players to do this. So let's get the job done. He's exact, yes, and he is the new generation. Him and Liam Manning as well. I think they are. Yeah. They typify the new generation of managers. They're not, um, and they're not really managers. I would say in the, in the traditional sense. Anyway, they're they're more head coaches yeah. with, with that structure. But I know his job is officially manager. But it, it's more they've got that structure around them. That um, 
management, you think you should go back to, to Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson r- ran everything at the club. He did everything. You hear stories about him choosing the carpet for the boardroom. And mm. I think my dad told me a story about a friend of his at work one day turned up to go and buy some tickets for a match. And Bobby Robson happened to be in the ticket office and sold him the tickets. You know, can't <laughs> imagine that happening these days. Um, so he's, yes, he's very much that modern sort of studious academic manager. Um, yeah, Loughborough University and, and 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 not kind of the school of hard knocks and and uh, kind of coming up from coming up through as a as a, as a sort of uh, player and going straight into management and then uh, and, and learning it on the job in that sort of traditional way and and being um, yeah I think so I think we've we've recruited very very well from a management perspective and I think that he. Um, yeah, I'm kind of. It's difficult to sort of say after five games how com- that you're confident and that kind of. But yeah, I'm hopeful for them. And and the, and the, and and really, you should be with it, with the yeah. squad that's been assembled and the money that's been spent and the quality of the manager and whatever. Um, there really should be no excuses this year. Uh, I mean, Ipswich Town shouldn't be in League One, and it certainly shouldn't be in its fourth year in League One. And um, and I think if 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 it is in the, this division for a fifth year, I think there'll be questions asked at the at the highest levels at the club about why we are. Um, and because the Americans won't want that, will they? They're 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 uh, aimed onward and upward. And um, but yeah, but so as I say, at the moment things are are, are very good. Um, delighted with the win against Barnsley on Saturday. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, look, hey Phil, it's been absolutely great. It's been great chatting to you, Phil. I mean, it really has. And and it's always nice because, I mean, you know, it's just town back to front, inside out. And, you, and, well, you, you know, you know stacks of bits of front. I've been a big, big fan. And, um, hey, look, thanks ever so much for your favourite Ipswich Town 11, Phil. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. It's a lovely Town 11. Nice to also talk about the future and the, the way things are now and hopefully onwards and upwards. Um, no doubt I'll see you in the press box sometime at Portland Road. If you yes. if you can take that hat off sometime, be very grateful. But, I mean, don't, don't worry. Keep it on if you like. We, we don't mind it, really. Um, hey, Phil, thanks ever so much for your time. Um, I hope everyone's enjoyed not only just this podcast, but, of course, the boys on the Kings of Anglia. We do lots of podcasts um, with the King's Anger podcast and uh, and there'll be plenty of that and uh, game day and all sorts of things uh, throughout the season starting of course um, you are just throughout the season we do lots of podcasts glad you're enjoying them thanks to Manscaped our sponsors um, Phil thanks again once more and um, yeah thanks for the chat well, thanks for inviting me from true crime to football Brexit to postal more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
archin head to audiobeam.com slash channel slash archin